Hey everybody, it's Mike. Welcome or welcome back to the Revision Church Podcast. While you're here, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel and download the Revision app, which is actually the best way to get access to new content and share it with friends. You can get the app by texting Revision App to 77977. Thanks for listening today. My hope is that this message will be helpful for you and would inspire you to take the next step on your faith journey. Good morning, everybody. My name is Mike. I'm one of the pastors at Revision. I'm excited to be here today. How about you? All right, today's a big day. It's a monumental moment in the story of Revision Church. This is Commitment Sunday, where we're asking everybody who calls Revision home to make a commitment over the next 26 months to playing a significant role in building the future God has for us and helping us find a permanent space to call home so that we can keep chasing the mission God has given us with our foot on the gas. Because we know if we keep going pedal to the metal, we're going to outgrow this gym before too long. And if you're a guest with us this morning, if this is your first time here, your first time watching online, I want to say welcome. I'm so glad you're here. This is not a normal Sunday even a little bit. This is a Sunday where all of Revision is going to take this step to say, hey, we're all into this thing God is calling us toward. We're all into this movement of God, all in to keep chasing this vision and this mission. And so if you are a guest, I want to invite you to two things. Number one, feel the freedom not to fill out a pledge card and make a two-year commitment to build the future today. If you feel like doing it, you go right ahead. And I'm not going to stop you, but feel the freedom not to do that. And number two, I want to invite you to come back next Sunday. Next week, we're kicking off a Christmas series called A Weary World Rejoices. And I'm pumped for that series. I think my soul needs a series like A Weary World Rejoices, and I'm guessing a lot of your souls do too. So it's going to be fun. Be here. But revision people, today is a big day. And in some ways, it almost feels like a finish line. We've been talking about this for a little while now. And today we're going to turn in our cards and make our pledges. But what today actually is, is a starting line of a season that I think will not always be easy over the course of the next two years. A few weeks ago, or months ago, sorry, my, my whole family was in bed and I didn't feel like going to bed. And so I decided to play some video games. I'm not really a gamer by any stretch of the imagination, but when I do play them, they tend to be old school Nintendo games. And so I turned on some Contra and it's just a great game. I know so many men in here between the ages of 35 and 50 just saw that and had a Pavlovian response. Up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, BA, start. The rest of you are like, I don't even know what in the world you're talking about. And you played that game? Yeah, I did. I play old people games. I have old people hair. It's just the way that I live my life, all right? But that's not the point of my story. The point is this. As I went to shut it down, this message popped up that I'm sure I have seen hundreds of times, but it never jumped out at me before. It said, are you sure you want to quit? All unsaved progress will be lost. And it hit me as I read that. I wish my life came with that warning so much of the time, like in big things and small things. Every time I decide I'm going to quit drinking pop for a month and then think, I just want to have one Coke Zero. I wish a warning flashed on my fridge. Are you sure you want to quit? All your progress is going to be lost. (laughs) Every time I decide to try the P90X workout program and I make it 19 minutes before collapsing on the floor and just being like, I just, I'm tired today. And I have the sniffles and this is not my season. P19X is going to have to be good. I'm going to start next week. I wish a message would pop up on my TV. This is, are you sure you want to quit? All progress will be lost. Like, wouldn't it be nice if life came with a warning that quitting kills progress? 
But life doesn't come with that warning. And I think it's really easy, no matter what we're doing, to quit in the middle of it and then try to convince ourselves we failed. We tend to use those words interchangeably, quit and fail, but they're not actually synonyms. And I think often we are desperate to convince ourselves we failed as a way of just protecting our own egos. We get into relationships and we fall in love and then we discover it's actually really hard to do life alongside another person. And then we quit and try to tell ourselves we failed so that we're never tempted to pick up the pieces and be vulnerable again. Or with school and work, we have big dreams and big projects and we start pursuing them and then things get difficult. We face obstacles that feel insurmountable and we shrink back and we're like, well, I guess I failed. But so often we didn't. We just quit before we were finished. Like failure is when you give it everything you've got and discover you can't. Quitting is when you discover it's difficult and decide you won't. It's an easy thing to do, though, especially when the stakes are significant, when the work is stressful, and when the future is uncertain. Nothing worth doing in this world comes without the temptation to quit before you're finished. But you guys, just like Nintendo Entertainment Systems has reminded most of us countless times, quitting kills progress. As we turn the page to the next chapter of the revision story, we take this sacrificial step together of building the future, of giving significantly above and beyond our regular giving toward the goal of finding a permanent space for our church to call home so we can keep reaching more people for Jesus. We are going to face adversity. We're going to run into challenges that we didn't expect We're going to deal with uncertainty and we are, beyond a shadow of a doubt, going to be tempted on an individual level to quit on the commitments that we made today. I know that's true because it's been true for every single person and every single community that has ever decided to give of themselves to the cause of building God's kingdom in a way that writes a better future for the world. The Bible could not be more clear about this. We will always be tempted to quit before we're finished because we have a spiritual enemy hell-bent on the destruction of our souls and the destruction of the souls of everyone in our city who is far from God. Our enemy will stop at nothing to stop the momentum of the church from moving forward. Like 1 Peter tells us the devil prowls around like a roaring lion waiting for someone to devour, looking to steal, kill, and destroy. And I don't think it's a coincidence at all that Peter says the devil's like a lion and lions are in the cat family. It means there's a direct link between cats and hell. Don't shoot the messenger. It's just scripture, you guys. But seriously, anytime we do something that builds a better future for the world, anytime we step towards rewriting eternity for lost and lonely people around us, we are going to face significant opposition because we have an enemy who doesn't want it to happen. That's what Nehemiah found out. Over the course of this Build the Future series, we've been walking through the story of Nehemiah, who was this guy called by God to do something significant. He was just an ordinary guy, but he was the guy willing to let God break his heart for something that broke God's heart. Specifically, the fact that the walls of Jerusalem had been a pile of rubble for 140 years, which meant God's people were vulnerable and oppressed. And God said, Nehemiah, I want you to go do something about it. And you'd think at 
this point in his story, after Nehemiah said, okay, God, I'm going to answer your call. I'm going to go do something. And then God, you know, gave him favor with Artaxerxes, the emperor of Assyria. God granted him all the supplies that he would need to take on this project. God helped him safely travel over a thousand miles from Susa to Jerusalem. God inspired some people to help him. You'd think at this point, since God specifically asked Nehemiah to be the leader of this project, that God would continue paving the way, that he'd continue making it smooth sailing, that he'd help Nehemiah pull off this wall building project without a hitch, but that's not what happened at all. Nehemiah was building a future God wanted for the world, which meant he made enemies because they didn't want to see it happen and the devil didn't want to see it happen. There were these two guys in particular named Sanballat and Tobiah, and they were leaders of this group that oppressed the Jews since there wasn't a wall. And so they really liked the status quo, and they did everything in their power to undermine Nehemiah and keep him from being successful. And for what it's worth, I think Sanballat is a killer bad guy name. It's just scary. It's like Mufasa, Sanballat. Ooh, say it again. And in chapter six, Nehemiah tells us he's got the wall almost built, but there's no gates in it yet, which means it's not a very good wall. And these guys go to the last ditch effort to try and stop him. So if you have a Bible or a Bible handy, you can crack it open to Nehemiah chapter six. It's sandwiched between Ezra and Esther toward the beginning of the book. If you don't have a Bible, you can follow along with the words on the screen or in the revision app. And if you need a Bible or your kids do, they're free. We love it when people take them. Grab them from the next steps table before you go. But this is what we read in Nehemiah chapter six, verse one. When word came to Sambalat, Tobiah, Geshem the Arab, and the rest of our enemies, that I had rebuilt the wall and not a gap was left in it, though up to that time I had not set the doors in the gates... Sambalat and Geshem sent me a message. Come, let us meet together in one of the villages on the plain of Ono. But they were scheming to harm me. So I sent messengers to them with this reply. I'm carrying on a great project and cannot come down. Why should the work stop while I leave it and go down to you? Four times they sent me the same message. And each time I gave them the same answer. So these guys are like, yo, Nehemiah, just leave the wall for a little bit. Come meet us on the plain of Ono. And Nehemiah says, oh no, oh no. That's a solid Bible joke, you guys. That's as good as they get. Sorry. But anyways, Nehemiah's response, I think it actually is really profound and powerful. I think it's informative for us as we step into the difficulty and the uncertainty that lies ahead in this next season. These guys try to distract him from the thing God called him to do. And he says, I'm working on a great project. I can't come down. I cannot come down from this wall. I will not come down from this wall. I don't care what you do. I don't care what you say. I am not coming down. I think today we're going to step into this season of sacrifice. One where a lot of us are making significant sacrifices. One where a lot of us have to say no to some stuff we'd rather not say no to so that we can say yes to building the future God wants us to build. And the reality of that is there are going to be times where all of us are are tempted to just quit before we're finished. Times where somebody or something pops up that makes us think, you know what, I I don't want to do this anymore. Like, man, I really want to get this for myself, so I wish I wouldn't have committed that. Maybe I got to look out for number one and just do my own thing and quit on it. 
Or times when finances get tight and we're like, you know what, I could still keep giving, but it'd be more comfortable for me if I didn't keep giving. So maybe I'll just press pause on it for, for a little bit. And that's real. But what I want to challenge all of us to right now is to decide that we're committing to this commitment. Say, I believe so strongly in who God is. I believe so strongly in the mission he's given this church that I'm going to give it my best shot. And I may fail, but I will not quit. Like failure happens, job changes happen, health changes happen. We, we can fail. Failure is fine and failure is never final. But I'll challenge all of us to decide today that we are not quitting on this thing before it's finished. And I also want to encourage you, if you get to a point in the next couple of years where you just feel like, ugh, but I want to quit, you're not alone. You got a friend in me. Like if no one else, at least you got me. You guys, the day after I told someone other than Jenny the number that God had been laying on my heart. One day after I spoke those words out loud, both of our cars broke down. Both of them. Like I had something happen to my car. I've never had happen to any car ever. I'm driving along, it starts to sputter. The engine temp light came on and it died. And an hour later, Jenny called me. She's like, the van won't go over five miles per hour. It's just, it's just like stuck. And I thought, oh my goodness, it's the transmission. And it was. It was the transmission. Like less than 24 hours after I spoke words out loud that were these, these big like say no to a lot of things in my life so I can say yes to God, both my cars were broken. I'm not a devil behind every bush guy that thinks like every bad thing that happens in the world is a nefarious force out to get us, right? I used to do youth ministry. I had a sign on my door because I counseled a lot of students it said, everything happens for a reason. Sometimes that reason is you're stupid and make bad decisions. <laughs> That's true. There's bad stuff that happens in the world because we are dumb. But I believe with every fiber of my being that spiritual warfare is real. The Holy Spirit is real and with us. The devil is real and against us. And his forces in this dark world are conspiring against the movement and mission of God and against human flourishing. There are going to be times when we step toward what God has for us. There are going to be times whenever we're faithful that we are tempted to quit because we have an enemy who doesn't want us to succeed. Like less than 24 hours after I spoke a number out loud, I thought maybe I shouldn't do this. I know, I know I've been praying a long time. I know this number God gave me, but maybe I can just say not this time. I've said yes to you a lot of times. I've stepped out in faith a lot of times, but this time I think I have a reason to peel back. I mean, my mechanic called, gave me 7,500 reasons to peel back. But the thing is, I believe in this thing. I believe when God says go, that's the only thing I need to know. I have bent my life for years on the idea that when God says go, that is the only thing I need to know. And he has not failed me yet. This is a great project. I am not coming down from the wall. I just, I know that this is going to be hard sometimes. That's real. But it's also real that our fight is not against flesh and blood. It's against the authorities and the powers and the principalities of this dark world. And there is no way on earth that the powers of darkness in the city of Des Moines want to see revision get its own space. They don't want those walls to go up so that we can reach more people with the good news of the gospel, so that we can help more people crash into the love of Jesus, so we can plant more churches. There's no chance, which means the only way those walls are ever going to go up is if we decide as a community we will stand on them until it's done. 
knowing that our God is fighting for us always, that he's going before us and he's preparing the way, knowing that we're doing something significant that matters. This is a great work and what we do now will leave a legacy that echoes beyond us long after we're gone. What we do now will build a better future and write a better story for this city. It's just not gonna be easy. C.S. Lewis once observed, enemy territory, that's what this world is. Christianity is the story of how the rightful king has landed. You might say landed in disguise in a manger. And he's calling us to take part in a great campaign of sabotage. We are a counterculture. We are citizens of a rebel kingdom bent on destroying darkness, wreaking havoc on hopelessness, and bringing love to the lonely. And the closer we get to building the future God wants for the world, the harder our enemy is going to fight to stop us. So there'll be challenges along the way, guaranteed. Moments where we're like, man, I, I want this. I wish I wouldn't have committed to that. Moments where we're like, man, this is a difficult thing. Both my cars are broken. Why are both my cars broken? How do both your cars break on the same day? Like, hypothetically, I pulled that out of thin air, but that's a thing that might happen over the course of the next two years. But I, I just want you guys to know, like, no matter what happens, in terms of whether the world would say that it was a success or, or a failure. No matter what happens, good, bad, or otherwise, no matter what the final number is at the end of this thing, whether it's 750,000, 550,000, 950,000, or anything in between, no matter what giants are out there that we're going to have to fight, no matter what mountains are out there that we're going to have to climb, there is more courage in us than there is danger ahead of us because God is going before us. We will find the space God has for this church. We will find a space that allows us to continue chasing this mission with the pedal to the metal and everything we've got because there are lost people in this city desperate for the hope that we have, and that's what God wants done. We're going to get there. Somehow, some way, he's going before us, and we are going to get there. We have to get there. We cannot stay here. We can't stay here or the mission dies. And so we have to bring to reality something that doesn't currently exist, just like Nehemiah did with his wall. If you fast forward about 10 verses from what we read earlier, Nehemiah writes, so the wall was completed on the 25th of Elul in 52 days. What when all our enemies heard about this, all the surrounding nations were afraid and lost their self-confidence because they realized this work had been done with the help of our God. 52 days, you guys. 140 years, the walls were in ruins. And in 52 days, Nehemiah put them back up. That's the power of saying yes when God tugs at our hearts. That's the power of saying, I will not come down from this wall. I'm committed to it. I believe in this, so I'm gonna give it everything I've got. I don't think we're going to pull this thing off in 52 days. <laughs> Unless somebody brought a secret million-dollar check. That's just... I know there are a lot of us in this room. There are a lot of us in this room who could write that million-dollar check. And there are probably none of us in this room whose bank wouldn't laugh at the idiot who tried to cash it. So, like, just... <laughs> but, but we might not get it done in 52 days, but we're going to get it done in 52 pay periods. 26 months, November of 2022 through December of 2024, we're gonna raise the funds necessary to find the space God has for us so that we can build the future God wants, so that we can keep chasing this mission, so that we can keep helping lost and lonely people crash into the love of Jesus because that is the reason we're here. That's the reason this church exists. And if there's like one thing I wanna say to you in this moment, one thing before we close the service and turn in these cars, like the the one thing 
I feel like God has put on my heart and compelled me to say is just, thank you. Thank you for being a part of this community. Thank you for caring about lost and lonely people in Des Moines. Thank you for loving the people who are sitting around you in this room. Thank you for what you give, your time, your talent, and your treasure to be a blessing to everyone who's a part of Revision Church and everyone who isn't yet a part of Revision Church. I love you guys. Like more than you'll ever know and more than I could have imagined seven years ago when we started this thing. Just thank you. Thank you. I love you guys. We're going to do something together now that's not something we do every Sunday, but it's powerful and it's important. If it's really true, and I believe that it is, that we're going to face some adversity and some uncertainty, that we have a spiritual enemy who does not want this thing to happen, then I think the best way that we could kick it off is to bring it to the God whose help we will need. So I just want to spend some time in corporate prayer. You can pray silently on your own. You can get together with a small group of people and pray. You can pray out loud on your own. I just said that to a room full of people from the Midwestern United States. I know you're not going to do it, but I wanted to make the offer anyway in case you feel like it. But like, however you do it, I, I, I want to bring this before God in prayer. And so if you could turn your attention to the screen right now, we got some prayer prompts for you. You thought I forgot. I didn't forget. It's 80s music video rock week or rock month at Revision. We had Twisted Sister and Bon Jovi and now Rick Astley. I told you last week I was going to Rick roll you. But I'm serious about the praying thing. <laughs> like, I'm not kidding about, about taking this to God in prayer. John Wesley once said, prayer is the fragile nerve that moves the muscle of omnipotence. And I, I just, at the core of me, believe that the thing that will make all the difference now and forever in this church. The thing that will determine whether we achieve the mission God has for us or whether we don't is not preaching and it is not planning and it is not programming. It is prayer. It's prayer. If we fail at anything, we can't fail at that. And so here are some actual prayer prompts and we're just gonna take some time. The band's gonna play a little and we just pray over these things because before we take one more step forward, we're gonna give it to God and we're gonna trust that he is fighting for us always and he's going before us. So, would you guys just pray with me for a while? At this point, the, the band's going to play. We're going to stand and sing one more worship song. And I just want to invite everybody at some point, at any point during that song to make your way over to that table and just drop in a commitment card and then grab a T-shirt on your way out. We decide on T-shirts. Like I've talked to a whole bunch of people about how to make this meaningful and they're like you know I got, I got one idea it was like give everyone a memorial rock like this is the foundation that you're building on I felt like that's weird we're just trying to make it weird like I got a memorial rock at my grandma's funeral and then less than five minutes later I threw it out my driver's side window off a bridge into Walnut Creek and my brother and sisters were horrified and they're like how could you do that and six years later I guess what First of all, I didn't want to keep the rock. But second of all, if you asked any of them where Grandma's memorial rock is, I bet they don't know. I'm the only one who knows. I drive by it twice a day. I'm away to and from work, at least. And so, in a way, I honored Grandma the most. But like, I swear, we're not trying to make it weird. But I also don't want to make this moment less than it is. Turning in that card is an act of worship and a declaration of war. It's a way of coming to God with open hands saying, look, I, I trust you. I'm willing to sacrifice because I trust in who you are and in what you're doing. 
I want to give back what you've given me. I'm going to follow your lead. I'm going to be a part of this next season of building the future you want to see built for the world. And it's a declaration of war on the forces of darkness that want to keep the people around us in chains. It's a way of saying this church is going to take ground. And so just want to invite you to do that. If you're one of the leaders who, who already made a commitment and, and went ahead and, and went early, I want to invite you to drop a thing in there too. I'm not going to double it and be like, oh, <laughs> that's, that's not it. But I just want to invite all of us to participate in this moment because I really believe, I really believe God is doing a thing and I'm excited for it. I'm going to pray and then, then we'll sing. Lord, thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you for the opportunity to be a part of a church where a whole bunch of people love each other and love their city well. I pray that you continue to pave the way for us and most importantly that you continue to help the vision and the mission burn like a white hot fire in our souls so that we can continue helping people meet Jesus and follow him fully. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.